like always, we're on the ball here at the How'd You Like That Movie podcast. We're celebrating Canada Day a week late with a battle of the box office because we're talking movies. We're talking the highest grossing Canadian films of all time. In the red corner, we got Bob Clark's Porkies and their opponent. In the white corner is Bon Cop, Bad Cop. Chris? Uh... Oh, man. That was awful. Uh, so I'm going to give you uh, one from each. Uh, from Porky's. I'm going to get laid. Yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus. And from the Canadian film, the, the other Canadian film, Bon Cop, Bad Cop. You have an accent in both languages. Who is your teacher? Jean Chrétien? everybody and welcome to this week's episode of how'd you like that movie it is canada day when we're recording so you're gonna get a double double porkies from 1981 and bon cop a bad cop from 2006 scott take it away thank you chris you're welcome uh before before we begin i would just like to ask How's your growth chart going? <laughs> it's uh, it's going in the opposite direction at this point in my life. But I mean, these just are the like, things we live with, right? Just like peewees. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. Now, for me, I do enjoy both films. Um, and I know you don't. So this is going to... I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Now, for me, I enjoy Porky's. Even though, yes... It's 100% problematic uh, in terms of content and the depiction of the characters. But come on, Chris, like think of any of the good sex comedies that you consider the best ones. Animal House, Revenge of the Nerds, American Pie, Fast Times, Days and Confused. There's a lot of fucking scenes in these that you would cringe about if they were made today. Yeah. So, yeah. So Porky's is very cringy. Uh, but that to me is not its biggest problem. It's actually just kind of a shitty movie. Like, uh, the storyline is meh, but I mean, you could have, they could have done a better job with it. There's a lot of extra time. Like even at 98 minutes, it felt like it should be fucking shorter. Uh, like a lot of stillness and not like stagnation in shots. I'm just like, let's, let's get this thing edited. Let's get it like moving forward. Uh, again, with it only being 98 minutes, like that's it cut that's it trimmed up you know what i mean um and i may i wonder if they thought like if we go any shorter we're not going to get a, like a theatrical run but it's just not really a good film and i don't just mean that again from the the cringeworthy aspects of it um i don't know it it's i it did not stand the test of time i i'd probably seen this when i was much younger and it's one of the reasons we're also doing another film so <laughs> okay i get what you're saying but Yes, like there are some things in this movie that technically, you know, they could have put a Langford Lang uh, lens on this <laughs> and they could have they could have cut it like one is like the egg gag. Uh, when they did that, they really didn't have to film the whole like we're now going to walk over to meet, reset up the gag and then do it right or or, or what you do is you just re you reshoot it in a manner where it's like so they do the gag on um 
what is it, Shorty? Pee Wee. Pee Wee. And then just have meat come into the scene and be like, hey guys, what are you guys doing? And then bang, right? Like you just need to tighten up how fast the scene moves. Um, if you've ever seen, uh, if you've ever seen the um, honest trailer for The Room, like the Tommy was over him, one of their comments inside of what you talk about is like, in most films, you cut away from the boring parts, not The Room, where you see a guy mm-hmm. set up the entire tape recorder. You know, mm-hmm. and you're right. Like, you don't need to film everything. You can use an edit. You can restructure the scene or whatever. Um, yeah, man. And I just was like the – it just felt like it was taking forever. Um, this is actually a good – like, I'm going to jump right into my quote on this. Uh, Eleanor Car- uh, Carter from the Atlantic Journal. She says, Never heard of her. Of course you haven't. Uh, the joke <laughs> is so unredeemingly cheap, so purely predictable that Porky's is less shocking or amusing – then boring and that's what i felt too like again i wasn't like i mean i guess because we have the internet so like boobies on a movie is not super exciting um i felt kind of bored <laughs> it's like the jokes run out of steam pretty quick so but you liked it eh? i do like it like one one of the reasons why i do like it so much is you know it's a bob clark picture he's mm. the one that directed it um i believe he uh, actually wrote it as well he did and, he or co-wrote it right so yes like he he is in one of my top five in terms of directors that i enjoy and mainly because he's he's not a one-trick pony like he does comedy like he does horror well like technically he Black Rit- well, he just, started the slasher i mean one could yeah, argue that's what i'm saying yeah go yeah. go go go, go. One, can, one can argue he started the slasher uh genre with black christmas which technically we discussed in our halloween episode as well that technically halloween is what black christmas 2 would have been if it was made uh the killer coming out of the insane asylum and now attacking babysitters instead of um, exactly but not only that like he did i don't know if you've ever seen it like murder by decree I heard it's very good. Yes. Like just the concept of Sherlock Holmes going up against Jack the Ripper. Like who's going to solve who Jack the Ripper is. It's fucking Sherlock Holmes. Which is such a dope concept. Actually, I'm, that definitely needs to be remade. I'm, or maybe don't touch it. I'll have to watch it and get back to you on that. But uh, yeah, it, it, it got lots of accolades. Um, but also a fucking Christmas story, which he's also a co-writer on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and not only that, like one of your favorites that you always want to do on this podcast, but I always shut it down. Rhinestone with uh, Sylvester Stallone and Dolly Parton. <laughs> I'm like, there's only too much Stallone we can do, right? We got to take a break every that's, once. That's in a while. lot of boobs and a lot of biceps <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of what, what's a fucking not, yeah rhinestones. Like, <laughs> what's that shit like kids put on their fucking jean jackets like the uh, yeah 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 uh, the jabs uh, uh bedazzle yeah it's a lot of bedazzle in that <laughs> one <laughs> um yeah and it's sadly he uh him and his like 22 year old son were killed in 2007 uh by a dr- like drunk driver right like an suv mm-hmm. crossed the center line boom done he was only 67 he had lots of years of filmmaking still inside of him so it's unfortunate yeah, yeah and that's the thing that like I know when people talk about good directors and stuff, he 
like I don't hear his name in reality enough right and and that's the thing that I think is kind of kind of sad is especially because he is you know he is Canadian even though you know Porky's was when we'll debate this um the highest grossing Canadian movie for 25 years even though at no point does it reference Canada and it's about a bunch of Florida teenagers or is it it's uh, not shot in Canada it's not I don't even know how they one of the reasons they did it was supposedly for the tax credits but typically you have to shoot in Canada to get those ta- I, I have no idea how they got the fucking tax credits I know that a Canadian production company was like a co- producer on the thing because nobody wanted to touch this product like Mm -hmm. it was fucking toxic um and it destroyed like it had a budget of five million and it did 160 million so it did 12 million in canada in 1981 which when i did a quick calculation is like 38 million here and that's why we're going to talk about when we talk about Bond Cop, uh, Bond Cop, Bad Cop. They, you know, you know, is which one was a higher grossing film? When you calculate for inflation, it's still Porky's by a fucking country mile. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And this, like, obviously, when this movie came out, like, I was coming out as well in terms of you know my mom's womb. Oh, okay, but... I'm glad you clarified that because all like, right, really, you came out in '81. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know no, you no. came out in 2022 no no uh but like i think in terms of what this film did especially with budget and how much it made i think you can look at something like paranormal activity where something was made on a super low budget that just fucking took the world by storm right and this was kind of it back then over 40 years ago yeah yeah, yeah. that was kind of because it, it went worldwide like this was a hit worldwide so much so that you can literally go on the imdb of this page and one of the videos on it is the siskel and ebert sneak previews thing and they're like the only fucking reason we're talking about this movie is because it's making money if yeah, it like was we not making to. money like, we, we yeah. can't not talk about it you know what i mean yeah they're like we do not want to talk about this movie so much so that their review is literally three <laughs> three um scenes from the movie and they're like it's fucking bad <laughs> which you know <laughs> and that's it, it which i would it would have been interesting to like chart after they said that how many more people went and saw it? i'm like fuck those nerds you know what i mean if they don't like yeah. it this has got to be the best movie ever you know what i mean yeah like all our listeners when you say you don't like something like <laughs> i think i think the streaming of porkies is gonna shoot through the roof now right they're like chris doesn't like it it's gotta be good uh it does have you, you know be. it did it did have a decent amount of canadian actors uh so doug mcgrath who plays coach warren he's from sydney nova scotia uh, Susan Clark, uh, who plays uh, Cherry Forever, she's from Sarnia, Ontario. Art Hindle, uh, who played Ted Jarvis from Halifax, Nova Scotia. Wayne Motter, who played Kavanaugh, Four Falls, New Brunswick, and of course, and of course, Kim Cattrall, <laughs> Miss Lynn Lassie Honeywell uh, from Courtney, BC, via England. Uh, she was actually born in England, uh, and surprisingly, her next film was Police Academy, which not a Canadian film, but shot in Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, I don't know. It's weird. It's it's you know this we this whole you know is it a Canadian film is something that comes up when we talk about the Canadian Screen Awards because you have to be a Canadian production company to go to the Canadian Screen Awards. 
but usually Canadian production companies are small and underfunded. So all our best talent often goes to the United States and they get in films made by American production companies. So those big films don't get any accolades here in Canada. I mean, I guess an Oscar is better than a Canadian Screen Award. I'll take either one. So, you know. Just in case anybody's listening there. <laughs> yeah, in case they're just giving them away. I'll take you. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, Porky's, 34% from the critics and a 57% from the audience. Those numbers, anytime you get into older movies that are kind of of this vein, like I, I don't think people are watching Porky's today and then jumping on Rotten Tomatoes to be like, well, I got to make sure I update, you know, my, you know, update my uh, Rotten Tomatoes or my Letterbox account or something like that. So actually, I should have checked it on Letterbox. Um, yeah. Do you want to? Do, do you have anything else you want to say about Porky's? It's bad. Like I, I don't know. Feel I will free say to this. watch it. Feel free to watch it. Just if you've never seen it, just to be like, so this, this, this was the highest grossing. Is the highest grossing depending on whose numbers you look at. Canadian film. Like from a Canadian yeah, production but, company, but not only that. Like re- this gets released, and then they fucking fast track a sequel. Like oh, that yeah. sequel gets released the next fucking or two years after. So there's what two um, two sequels, and then there's I don't know. It's it's not a reboot, but there, well, I guess there's three because there's there's the sequel, the actual sequel, and then there's uh, Pee Wee's Revenge or whatever, right? No, no, it's called Porky's Revenge, which is part three. It's a. It's technically this movie became a trilogy. Well, but then there's something called like Pee Wee's something or other that I saw when I was looking this some looking this film up. There's Porky's three, Porky's Revenge. Yeah, and then there's another one that they did like more recently. Uh, then I have no idea. I've never seen it or heard of it. Anyway, I've only seen those three, and literally after watching this one, I did watch the other two. Well, may, maybe our producer can Google Google this while we're moving on to. Uh, Von Cop, Bad Cop, which right. is hilarious. And it's very Canadian. <laughs> so, and I mean, it would explain why it did not do fantastic outside of Canada. Uh, it's It's got an $8 million Canadian budget. So that's about $35 Can- uh, American. Uh, <laughs> it's a box office of 12.6. So raw numbers, it's, it does edge ahead of Porky's. But with the inflation, like I said, coming in at like 38 or 36 million, Porky's beats it like three times just even here in Canada, uh, which is also impressive considering population size and a bunch of everything that changes over, you know, multiple years. But Bon Cop, Bad Cop is from 2006 is a much better film (laughs) from like the story to the cinematography, to the acting, to the script. (laughs) Like it's it is a much higher quality production. Yes. Now, uh, before we get into it, um, I want to ask you another question here. Go ahead. And, and not about your growth chart. And not but about you, uh, where babies are made or anything like that. No, no, no. Have you have you ever heard of the Mandela effect? Yes. Okay. Right, right. I could swear that the name of this movie was Good Cop, Bon Cop, in which it was a play <laughs> on good cop bad cop but it was good cop good cop because they're technically both good cops yeah yeah yeah. and then yeah when you're like we want to do this movie like it never clued in and even like searching for it i was constantly searching for good cop bong cop because that's how i remember this movie title being do you think it's because we're english and so we're just like oh of course the english must come before the french you know what i mean good cop, no. bon cop. 
no, that, that's literally how I remember it. Cause like, yeah. Cause to me, even the title, like bong cop, which is technically good cop, bad cop, um, doesn't relate to what this movie was like in terms of plot. These are two, this is technically Canadian lethal weapon, <laughs> but instead of, except the you know, weapon is only petit peu lethal. You know what I mean? It's not, yeah, it's but, not too lethal because yeah, we're Canadian, you know, instead of uh Colin Furl being like the Danny Glover character, who's too old for this shit. Colin Ford's the Canadian detectives like I just want to sit on a desk like I don't even I don't I don't even want to go out anymore right but yeah you know he's the badass technical Mel Gibson character he's the mix of both okay so let, let's be honest though the reason it's called the bon cop bad cop again I I thought they were in different orders either as well is 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 good cop bad cop like the line, the the saying of like, are you gonna good cop bad cop me? The the police procedure of being a good cop bad cop, right? So one is just in French. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I'm just saying, if anybody else believes this Mandela effect is real, and that's how they remember the title, let me know that I that I'm not crazy. Uh, you are crazy, but uh, our our fan base can do whatever they want. Uh, what did you think of it? Do you like it? I do like it. Like I said in my intro, which obviously you fucking I did. Ignored. I did listen. Uh, I was just, I'm just going back to it. Yes, you said you liked both films. See, I do pay attention. I do like both films. But you don't have to go to counseling think, or anything. Yeah, I think that in reality, you can't really compare these films because it is two different genres, right? One is a lowbrow fucking sex comedy <laughs> that was just made to like... Make money. You know, yeah. And the other one's like, listen... You guys like your action movies. You like your action buddy cop movies. We can do this too. And in some cases, we can do it better. Buddy cop. Right. Avec Poutine. <laughs> yeah. Like the even the play with, with, with their introduction where, you know, the, the victims on the border and they're literally like, well, his ass is in, you know, Ontario. Ontario and and then, hearts, you know, don't come back. <laughs> yeah, and they're like having that back and forth. That's just like, where is this going to go? Uh, so hold on, just but just go back to the so Porky's Pimpin' Pee Wee was a remake of the original movie made in two thousand nine and went direct to video. So that's where I got kind of confused. I mean, I get confused about okay. a lot of stuff, but um, yeah. So again, if you're not if you're not or have not been to Canada specifically the you know Ontario and Quebec and the, the the provinces that are sit beside each other but are very very different uh one being a french province uh some of this these jokes you like they won't land the same way but being canadian and living in ontario and having been to Quebec multiple times and especially when i was in the armed forces interacting with french canadians uh the, i found this this film just hilarious right like even like uh one of my favorite scenes is like right in the beginning when Colin Fjord's character is like, oh, enchanté. And he, so he's speaking like continental French. And Patrick Huard is like mocking him in Quebecois, right? Like, because the mm. French is so different, right? Mm. Almost making fun of him, like, oh, look at you, look at you with the Queen's English kind of thing. You know what I mean? Mm. And it was just such a, it's such a good interplay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they did work well together. And I will say, you watch this film. I do recommend this film. There's no point watching the sequel because the sequel dropped the ball on their interplay 
and everything like that that to me the sequel is not watchable it's i don't know bad. if you watched it oh it's oh, yeah, I, like, oh like, like, un- I, wow i don't know if scott's actually ever used the unwatchable stamp no no that's that's why i'm i've been doing this way too long with you but (laughs) but yeah like and it's not that it's it's similar like they try to retread it but but now it's like bringing in everybody and it's like it's like a terrorist plot and their kids are now involved in it without like and like it just became so like the plot became so contrived that it lost like the heart that this movie had right yeah because like you said it's like a standard like police drama or a police buddy cop which worked in in this in this version of it right because they are just two cops just doing cop stuff right like it, it isn't above what they would be doing in their pay grade like you said overly contrived like oh and we'll throw in this twist and this twist and uh i like that again if you're not in canada you probably don't you may not know who rick mercer is but I think it's hilarious that Rick Mercer is basically playing like a Don Cherry style character in this mm-hmm. with Rick. Clearly, like he is not anywhere. He is the exact opposite of a Don Cherry. You know what I mean? So he did that so well, like, you know, making some of the comments that I mean, you probably wouldn't make nowadays. But I mean, Don Cherry was making them. And that's why Don Cherry's not on the <laughs> on the air anymore. I will say, um, I did feel there there was something that I felt robbed about this movie mm. that there should have been a quick, you know, quid pro quo at which Colin Furl was fucking this guy's ex-wife. If he got to fuck his sister <laughs> and then Colin Furl and his wife was getting like had the the but, connection. But that's but Colin Fjord, no no, cuz Colin Fjord the what the type of character he is is he's not gonna just fuck her he's they're gonna go out for dinner they're gonna date there's gonna be a very long time before any fucking happens but patrick huard playing the like sexy french canadian uh cop that's why he got the sex right away veet veet to the sex you know what i mean right in there boom <laughs> um so no. go ahead go ahead go ahead no go ahead um, fact, patrick huard is one of one of, he's co-writer on this script right so he's got yeah. a a long career writing comedy in and you know acting in comedy in Quebec. Uh, I'm not going to try and read off any of the titles of his films because I'll butcher the French and nobody's going to know about them outside of Quebec anyway. Uh, but Confior is you know uh, an American Canadian actor. He was born in Boston. You know, grew up in Windsor. Uh, he's like he made it big, like like big for a Canadian actor. I mean, maybe not Ryan Reynolds big, but he's pretty big. He was in Face Off. Red Violin, Titus, The Insider, Pearl Harbor, Chicago, The Sum of All Fears. Uh, and right now his big like reoccurring role is on the is on Umbrella Academy. Um, mm-hmm. He played uh, Pierre Elliott Trudeau in the CBC miniseries Trudeau. <laughs> and if you want, if you're listening to this, uh, you know, anytime in the next couple months, uh, you can see him at the Stratford Theatre Festival, which is the biggest uh, classical theater festival in North America. Uh, he is currently in The Miser and Richard III. Uh, this Stratford is where he got his start. Uh, he did 17 seasons at the Stratford Theater. So you can go see him on stage live from Stratford, Ontario. There you go. Um, now, in terms of, just comment-wise, in terms of a canadian movie mm. that's highest grossing like 
doesn't it just become a part, um, like just the cherry on top that it's literally about a fanatic hockey fan? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it is very hockey driven. Uh, the one the one criticism I would have for this is. So it's got like almost a two hour running time. It's a one, uh, one, uh, 116 minutes. They c- probably could have dialed this sucker back into the 90 minutes. And cause the pacing's really good for about three quarters of the film. And then it feels a bit sluggish. I do like the ending. Like I, I like how, I like how everything plays out. I would just cut some fat off the sucker, tighten up the edit. And I think it would be a, a little bit more of a, dy- a dynamic film, but I mean, clearly it did fine. It uh, made twelve million, like I said, almost thirteen million here in Canada on its eight million dollar budget. So that's that's good, man. Like I mean, they did a great job. Uh, it's got an eighty percent from Rotten Tomatoes from the critics, eighty two from the audience. Solid. Like it's a really solid film. Yes, I do agree. Now, in terms of the actor um, Patrick Hurd, um, there is one film I would recommend watching if you haven't watched his film Starbuck. Oh, okay. It's fucking amazing. It was it was remade um, by the U.S. as well, and um, just try. It was called Delivery Man by uh, with Vince Vaughn in it. Oh, okay. About about the guy who you know um, ended up having a hundred and forty three kids because he went to a sperm bank a lot to get money, <laughs> and then he finds out he has all these kids, and he gets to like you know dad them meet them yeah meet them because his actual wife or fiance he finds out is is pregnant and he is like the slacker guy but the um, the original starbuck film yeah it won a shit ton of awards he won for his acting um and it's really funny so i would recommend that cool uh so my quote for this from the apollo guide brian webster this one was top. I mean, as far as big, you know, newspapers and stuff, I was surprised I didn't find any quotes even from like the Globe and Mail or anything. Uh, it's a good heart probing of Canada's social and cultural balancing act, which will likely do more to promote harmony in Canada than a whole raft of political speeches. You gotta find better quotes, man. Like, are, 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 wait, are you just continuing to talk, or are we is that the end of the episode there? <laughs> oh, you can end with me just saying you gotta find better quotes. Oh, okay. And that is our wrap for the day. Please like and subscribe to this podcast. Tell your friends. If you want to get a hold of us, reach us at the www.howdyoulikethatmovie.com. best teenage sex comedies right like to get the list see what it says and imdb has it and it has porkies at like number 23 and literally one to like 10 is every american pie film even the directed dvd ones i'm like how the fuck is like the naked mile fucking better than porkies Come on. Sounds like, you know what? It sounds like there's a, uh, that's a call to action. If you're listening to this podcast, try and get Porky's up the list of best teen sex comedies. That is a, a lofty and a noble goal, dear listeners. Production by Rod Shaver. 
Fader Monkey Productions.